Hey, everybody. Here at Keep Talking Podcast, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we have a health or fitness-related episode because I'm a personal trainer in my spare time, and I'm a total health and nutrition nerd, and I think it's very important for you to focus on your health and nutrition and fitness as well. Now, a lot of Keep Talking's audience is non-native English speaking, and the language in these episodes is often advanced English, but... I'll make sure that I speak clearly and concisely enough for all non-native speakers and, of course, native speakers to understand. All right. Enjoy the episode. What's up, everybody? All right. Fitness Friday, and today I'm talking about stretching. Now, this is an interesting topic because, well, as usual on this podcast, I'm not going to like come to an exact conclusion at the end of this. It's not going to be like one of those things that's... Uh, just like a super extreme perspective being like, yes, you should stretch for 20 minutes a day and this will give you the greatest fitness results ever and you will become a superhero. You know, like like when I do these fitness podcasts, usually, especially when they require a little more research like this one did, um, oddly enough, you wouldn't think stretching would require that much research. But these fitness podcasts, a lot of times I don't come to like some definitive conclusion about the most effective ways to use a certain tool like stretching. Uh, but anyway, I think that's the way most things are now in the modern world is oftentimes the correct answer is somewhere in the middle between all of the people who are on the extremes, even in the fitness space of like how we should use stretching, cardiovascular exercise, weightlifting, certain diets, blah, 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 vegans, carnivores. And actually, you know, I was thinking um, of extremes. This is totally unrelated, but I'm just going to tangent here for like one minute to start the podcast. So I don't know if anybody else watches the news. You probably shouldn't. It's bad for you. But I was at my dad's house, my parents' house, watching Fox News with my dad like three days ago. And they got this story about this guy. Who, his nickname is the Pro-Life Spider-Man. Have you seen this? This doesn't really relate to fitness, but it kind of does because he's doing these incredible feats of fitness, which is climbing up a building. He's scaling a skyscraper, okay, like like a total life or death matter. Like if he falls, he's dead. He's way, way up there. He is climbing up a building, and the purpose of it is because he says it's like a metaphor for a life or death matter, and he's pro-life in the abortion debate, okay? I might even do an episode soon about the abortion debate in general because it's an interesting topic, but... I was I was watching this and I'm like Jesus Christ. First off, the news like the stuff they put on the news. Well, obviously this is going to get news because people love stuff like this. You know, if it bleeds, it leads, and if it's crazy extreme, and if you might die, you're going to become popular on the news and on and on social media. But anyway, it made me think about this doing this these feats of fitness essentially climbing up these buildings. One of like the most athletic looking people I've ever seen. I mean, like a total Spider Man. Uh, literally just climbing up these buildings, risking his life to promote a pro-life abortion stance and getting on Fox News and talking to Tucker Carlson about it. Anyway, this is America. This is the country that we live in. What a world. Okay, that didn't have hardly anything to do with stretching, but it was kind of related to fitness. So the fitness advice of the day is don't climb buildings just to try to support a political stance on something. Okay, so let's get back to stretching. Now, stretching. I And I'll even admit that this is not like an area of major expertise for me, even though I am a certified personal trainer and I train some people in my spare time. Stretching is, is something, uh, I think I used to stretch more than, than I do now, definitely. And, you know, would even include yoga and things like that. But what interested me in the topic is because nowadays, I'm 33 years old, almost 34. I don't stretch very much. 
and I have almost no like joint issues. Okay, like for example, I can squat 355 pounds for five, six, seven reps. It's a lot of weight. You know, I have no issues in my knee joints. Now, my mobility is not that incredible. I'm going down just to about parallel. Okay, um, you know, my thighs parallel with the ground, kind of 90 degrees, whatever. But I mean, it's very good. You know, I have good form. I have no issues in my joints. I remember when I was in my late teens and early 20s, I would. If I was trying to do, like, you could not get me to do a squat early in the morning. Come on, like a heavy squat early in the morning? No, it would take like an hour warm-up. Same thing when I used to play basketball, stuff like that. And the crazy thing about it is I used to stretch more, both like before and after exercise during those times. And I wonder now, it's like, hmm, I stretch less. I move my body a lot throughout the day, and I'm healthy in a lot of other ways, but I'm getting older, and I have much less stiffness, joint issues, any of that stuff. Like... And it's not just the squat. This is a lot of other exercises. I could walk in there to the gym at 5 a.m. or whatever, shortly after waking up, and basically do any exercise with just maybe like a one-minute warm-up and like a couple little light warm-up sets, and there's no problem. Like, it probably wouldn't be smart for me to just start with 355, but like I almost could. I really, I almost feel like I could. And so it makes me wonder, and you know, knock on wood, I don't really have... Uh, other than like a little kind of recurring upper back injury, I don't really have any major injuries that I deal with. And so it got me thinking, like, how valuable really is stretching, okay? And, you know, then I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine who is a physical therapist last, mi- last night. And he kind of talked about how, like, we sometimes don't even still really understand, like, what we're doing, what is actually happening when we're stretching, right? And we hear things about, like, do a dynamic warm-up, dynamic stretching as opposed to static stretching, which I'll talk about in a minute. But it got me thinking because like, I just feel like I can't even really define that well what is happening when we are stretching. It's like, okay, you're stretching and warming up your muscles, I guess, right? But it's like, okay, let's try to get back to some basics here. So I want to read this. This is from Physiopedia, physio-pedia.com, mechanisms of stretching, okay? So the stretching of a, mu- of a muscle fiber begins with the sarcomere, the basic unit of contraction in the muscle fiber. As the sarcomere contracts, the area of overlap between the thick and thin myelofilaments increases. As it stretches, this area of overlap decreases, allowing the muscle fiber to elongate. And this is something that my friend John yesterday was talking to me about, about the sarcomeres and, you know, the lengthening and the um, essentially like, yeah, this area of overlap between the myofilaments. Anyway, so once the muscle fiber is at, its ma- as, is at its maximum resting length, all the sarcomeres are fully stretched. Stretched, additional stretching places force on the surrounding connective tissue. As the tension increases, the collagen fibers in the connective tissue align themselves along the same line of force as the tension. Therefore, when you stretch, the muscle fiber is pulled out to its full length, sarcomere by sarcomere, and then the connective tissue takes up the remaining slack. When this occurs, it helps to realign any disorganized fibers in the direction of the tension. This realignment is what helps. Okay, this is talking about scar tissue here in particular. Um, So the initial changes that are produced by stretch training involve mechanical adaptations followed by neural adaptations, blah, 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 blah. When a muscle is stretched, some of its fibers lengthen, but other fibers may remain at rest. Okay, so it's like, long story short, it's fucking complicated (laughs) like you could read that even with a high level of understanding and still be like what is actually going on when we're stretching the muscle here okay so to take it a little bit more back to basics we've got static stretching 
which like if you hear the term static stretching that's kind of like the standard okay bend down and touch your toes and hold the position right it's a static hamstring stretch you're stretching the hamstring right um which you know are the muscles the hamstrings the muscles in the back part of the leg behind the knee and the thigh okay it's a static stretch you are not moving okay then you'll hear about dynamic stretching you know like a dynamic warm-up for example is is moving while you stretch essentially and see people will recommend this all the time they'll say we should do dynamic warm-ups as opposed to stretching because i think that always used to be the thing like in let's call it like the 20th century you know this is like 20th century sciences oh you gotta you gotta stretch before you work out right then over the last 10 20 years or whatever it's been everyone says well no actually you should maybe stretch after you work out when the muscles are already warm but you should do a dynamic warm-up like dynamic stretching as opposed to static stretching before you work out okay you shouldn't do static stretching before you work out or before you play any sort of sport or anything like that and the theory is because static stretching essentially when you elongate the muscle fibers if i'm saying that with the correct term then then apply a lot of force to it it's not actually a good idea and static stretching before can make you weaker and even less coordinated now these are I think some of this, I feel like some of this is still up for debate, right? Um, but essentially, it undermines your ability to produce, uh, you know, to to produce, to do muscle contractions, because that's essentially all that we're doing when we are we're exercising or playing sports. You know, it requires explosive muscle contractions. Often, we're undermining our ability to do that with with speed and efficiency if i can say it that way um and so that's why dynamic warm-ups are considered better than static stretching i know it still probably doesn't even make sense but like i feel like the the consensus here is that okay static stretching is not as good as a dynamic warm-up so what is a a dynamic warm-up it's when you might be kind of stretching the muscles but in a way that's moving the body you're not holding the stretch in any position right so you might you know lift your knees up to your chest one by one kind of walking forward alternating or be like kicking your legs back alternating i'm not sure what you even how you even describe these motions but essentially you're kind of putting the body through some stretching movements while you move it's not static you're not just staying in one position so this theoretically helps get more blood and oxygen to the muscles that you're going to have to use when you do the exercise or the sport right and then in theory, you know, to cool down from it, you might want to do some of the same stuff. And then maybe, I mean, most people will say if you're going to do static stretching, it's best to do it after exercise or your sport when the muscles are already warm, quote unquote. Okay. Now, the way I, I, I mean, I really don't even stretch that much at all anymore. I'll do like one or two minutes, like at the end of the, the major muscles groups that I used in the exercise. But like, before the workout literally all i do every day is i just go in there and you could maybe use the term like priming or just dynamic movements or stretching like if i'm gonna squat and do legs i'll literally just do a bunch of air squats and maybe a couple of you know jumps just you know body weight just jumps kind of a squat jump just doing the same motion but with little to no resistance and getting my body you know getting those muscles ready for it you know connecting to the muscle connecting to the central nervous system uh, so yes, it is a warm up, but it's not like a static stretching warm up by any means. And so, like for me, 
if you take nothing else away from this episode, other than the first part about how you shouldn't climb buildings to um, talk about your stance on abortion, unless you're that Spider-Man guy, I guess he's the only one who's capable of it. Um, if you take nothing else from this episode besides that point, and then what I'm about to say now, take take away this, take away this, is the fact that, like, for me, I'm doing much better now in terms of, like, my joints feel really good. Uh, I feel, in general, I don't feel stiff or sore, like, in my joints in particular, hardly ever, compared to what I felt 10 years ago, and I basically never stretch. I almost never do it. And I know we have people that are way into yoga that have listened to the podcast and even been on the podcast that are going to be like, damn you, Sean, why are you telling people this? And I know I suck at yoga. And if I did a yoga workout every day, that would crush me way harder than my, my weightlifting workouts because yoga is hard. <laughs> but, but the point is like, I'm doing really well. I have very good mobility, which there is a difference between mobility and flexibility. So flexibility is sort of more related to static stretching where it's how, how much can you well, how flexible you are, how much can you flex at a certain joint when just holding it statically, whereas mobility is the ability to do it through an entire range of motion in a certain exercise or movement. And I have, you know, pretty good mobility for the most part, at least on all the main exercises and movements that I need to do, and really just have like no pain, if you will. And so I'm like, how useful is stretching? I don't know. I mean, how useful? I'm not that flexible either, obviously, because I don't stretch that much or do that much yoga. And, you know, the the haters can hate me for that. But anyway, so I'm like, well, how much of a benefit is this stretching and when should it be used, right? And I'm not knocking yoga. There's a lot of benefits. Like, I, I do enjoy it when I do it from time to time, especially just kind of the the state of calm it puts you in if you actually do it in a good way with, like, a real instructor, you know, like a real class. Um but I don't know. And then and then the other interesting part about this is that, like, the, the question, I literally have this question down in the notes I was writing for this episode is, is lifting stretching? Like, is lifting weights stretching the muscle? And this is where, like I said, when you really get into the weeds with this, it's complicated because it's like, okay, we have kind of three main different types of muscle contractions whenever we do anything that engages our muscles. We have isometric contractions, which is essentially, think of it as like a wall sit or just holding a push-up position or a plank. And you can do this with weights too, but it's essentially like the muscles are neither, uh, it's the muscles are neither getting shorter nor longer. Like you're essentially not moving. Your muscle is remaining stable in place, but it's holding a load. It's isometric is the way we call it. Then we have a concentric contraction and a concentric muscle contraction contraction is when, well, we like to think about it. It's when the muscle fibers are, are shortening, um, or well, yeah. Um, is that the best way to describe it? Yeah. It's like, it's like if you're doing a bicep curl, for example, it's the part where you're curling the weight up. Okay. It's the part of the exercise where you're bringing the weight either by pulling, pushing, whatever to the weight to its to its the top point of the exercise, the furthest point you're going to go before it's released back to the point of origin. So then on a bicep curl, the eccentric portion, some people call it the negative portion, is the part where it's being released back down. Okay. Now, the interesting thing about this is that, and I was talking, like I said, to my buddy John about this yesterday, is that technically the, the eccentric portion of these exercises, you know, you can say that the muscle is the, the muscle fibers, if you want to, you know, use that term, are stretching, are being stretched and elongated. And 
I think it was actually this, let's see, um, there was this website I wanted to quote a little bit here. It's called Burlington Sports Therapy. There's an article they have that says, should I stretch or use eccentric strengthening? Okay, so eccentric attraction is a muscle contraction where the muscle lengthens while under load, okay? Many people call them negatives or focuses on the shortening of the muscle during, or not on the shortening of the muscle, but rather the lengthening, the eccentric portion. When you're releasing the weight back to the point of origin, whatever the weight may be. And it's essentially when you're allowing, well, the way my buddy John described it is you're allowing yourself to lose to gravity, but you're just controlling it. Okay. So, you know, in general, like gravity is pulling the weight back to the point of origin, you're resisting it. But gravity is winning out and you're letting it go back to the beginning. This is maybe an overcomplicated way to look at it. But the eccentric portion, okay? And the eccentric exercises or eccentric portion of the exercise is often talked about as a great way to rehabilitate tendon injuries. Although according to this article, that is debatable. Um, But it also can help prevent muscle injuries by improving the tissue's ability to contract while lengthening. They talk about the hamstring being a good example of this and it says historically the common belief is that stretching is the only way to increase flexibility but perhaps a newer concept is that eccentric exercise can improve flexibility athletes with tight hamstrings for example have a different ability to activate the muscle when it gets lengthened that is when they are running they have a more difficult time generating tension in the muscle as it gets longer some newer literature has taught us about sarcomerogenesis as a result of eccentric training this means that eccentric training creates new muscle units in series similar to a train linking up and getting longer what this does for the athlete is it allows them to be able to generate force in the muscle as it lengthens when the joint is at a greater angle they can generate more force blah 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 The authors found that eccentric training increases muscle length, so logically many rehab professionals are adopting this strategy as opposed to stretching, okay? Is, and it says here that stretching alone, static stretching, will only increase your range of motion and lengthen the muscle, but eccentric training with a weight will do will not just increase your range of motion and lengthen the muscle, but it will also strengthen the tissue so that it can create more force at a greater angle. Benefits performance and reduces injury. Okay. So, and he does go on to say here that he does still think people should do some static stretching sometimes, but the point is, is eccentric training in particular can be a very good way to supposedly, in addition to the other benefits, improve our muscle flexibility, if I can say that that way. And it's interesting, too, because the eccentric portion of exercises is actually regarded as maybe the best way to achieve hypertrophy, which is the, you know, the increase in size of a muscle. Um, and there's different reasons why. You know, there's a Wikipedia article talks about here how the muscle is essentially 40% stronger during the eccentric negative phase. Um, and, you know, you can talk shit about me for using Wikipedia, but it's it's good. It's good information, and they organize things well. Okay. Anyway, um, but eccentric training, most most trainers would probably tell you actually that the key portion of the exercise this is up for debate. But <clears throat> but most trainers would say that the eccentric portion of the exercise is the most important part of it for building muscle, for muscle hypertrophy, okay? Not necessarily for pure strength. I can make the argument that pure strength and maximal power output 
is more about the concentric phase, but that if you're looking just for pure muscle hypertrophy, for muscle volume growth, the eccentric portion of most exercises is the most important. And that's why why you'll see a lot of people, particularly like bodybuilder types, who are using not even that heavy of a weight on their exercises, but they're focusing on a two, three, even four second eccentric phase, okay? To really feel the muscle working and theoretically gain more muscle hypertrophy. So that's another is another interesting aspect of it. It makes me think too, like just the reasons why, you know, eccentric weight training, eccentric resistance training can be so important. And you add the possible flexibility benefits in addition to these hypertrophy benefits, and it's something a lot of us should be using a lot more. So eccentric training or, you know, training the negatives, the negative portion of each rep more. Um, you know, and other than that, like I said, I know this episode didn't have that much of like a, you know, uh, a great outline to it. I just kind of wanted to ramble some interesting facts and thoughts about stretching. And another, just like to finish things up, a key thing that I've learned from a couple people um, who I've worked with on this is that in terms of like injuries, whatever the injury may be, oftentimes it's much more about, it's much less about flexibility. Like, and there's even lots of research out there now that suggests that like being more flexible and stretching more doesn't really prevent injury. What preventing injury is about is strengthening, well, strengthening the muscles and often like the auxiliary muscles that we sometimes forget about that aid in certain movements. So like for me, for example, I kind of had a recurring upper back injury that I mentioned. And it turns out, I think one of the biggest keys to avoid this because it would always happen if I would do like a heavy overhead press it would be like in like the trap area almost up by like the cervical spine I would kind of feel like a muscle pull wouldn't even know if it was related to the nerves or the muscle itself who knows right but actually the biggest thing that's helped fix this and have it not happen very often anymore was strengthening my rear delts okay and the rear delt um, is sort of the back you know the delt the deltoid muscle is kind of a weird like triangular shaped muscle um, of our the main shoulder muscle and the rear delt is an area that most of us have very underdeveloped nowadays in modern society for various reasons and once I worked on my rear delts some more I really, I haven't had this injury since. It's weird. And knock on wood, hopefully we won't have it back anytime soon. So I don't know, just some stuff to think about. I mean, at the end, I guess the advice that I would give, you know, unless you're trying to be like a yoga yoga instructor, more power to you. I don't know how much benefit we get from static stretching, um, in, at least in terms of our ability to play sports, our ability to prevent injury, our ability to lift weights and just to feel good and to avoid, you know, joint issues. Like for me, the way I work out when I lift weights, and I would probably apply the same thing to sports, even if I, you know, if I was playing sports right now, is dynamic warm-up, then you do your activity, whether it's the workout, the heavy weightlifting, or a sport, dynamic cool-down, and then maybe static stretch a little bit at the end, you know, um, maybe. Um, and then we could argue, you know, like, oh, should we do foam rollers and this? And, you know, there's certainly a place for that. Another topic for another day. But anyway, um, that's all I got for today. We'll talk again soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Let's all make health and fitness a part of our daily lives. Get out there and do it.